The Rangers took down the Islanders in a thrilling fashion Tuesday and are only four points out of a playoff spot. We talk about the playoff chase, Chris Kreider's new contract, the car accident involving Igor and Busnevich, plus the Brady Shea trade with Rangers beat writer Larry Brooks. Also, friend of the program and former Rangers defenseman Chris Katsopoulos joins the show to talk Ranger defense and fighting in hockey. All that and more next on Up in the Blue Seats with the New York Post. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you direct your attention to center ice for a special presentation. Welcome to Up in the Blue Seats podcast, a New York Rangers podcast with the New York Post. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate the show five stars and write a nice review while you're at it. The Post Ranger beat writer Larry Brooks joins us in his weekly spot. We're also joined by now a friend of the program, former Rangers defenseman Chris Katsopoulos, a.k.a. Kotze. But now, here's your host of Up in the Blue Seats, number 10 with the Rangers, but his hair flowing like he was number one, Ron Duguay. Hi, everyone. Wow, what a week. Fun, exciting. The Rangers are competing for the playoffs. Four points out behind Columbus. A big win after playing the Islanders. Not really knowing what was going to happen in that game. They had good composure. They got behind a little bit towards the end, but they found a way to win. And a lot of it is kind of showing the character of this team. Of course, we're all sitting back waiting to see if Kreider was going to sign, whether he was going to stay, going to be traded. But he signs an extension. You know now that Chris Kreider wants to be a New York Ranger. But something had to give, and that had to be Brady Shea. Brady Shea goes to Carolina for a first-round pick. That remains to be seen. But overall, the team, how it looks, going into tonight's game against Montreal is looking really good. So exciting time. If you're a Ranger fan, it's an exciting time. In the midst of a playoff race here, Ron, and, you know, Tuesday's game versus the Islanders was must-watch hockey. I mean, I was glued in. The let's go Rangers, let's go Islanders chance at the barn, the back and forth. You know, the Rangers got the big lead, the place erupts, and then the Islanders tied. It goes to OT, and then, you know, they, they get it done when it mattered. The Islanders still do get the point. Four points out of a playoff spot. Ron, Columbus upcoming games are versus the Wild, versus the Canucks, and at the Flames. So three games that are not easy, two of those against playoff teams. So the Rangers here, you know, if they could keep winning and they could get a couple of losses from Columbus – this thing gets really, really intriguing, and the Rangers will have home games coming up. After this Canadian game on the road and Flyers on the road, they have a little home stretch. They'll have the Flyers again at home and then the Blues. So, you know, this thing is down the stretch. It's down the wire. Four points out. Things are going to get tight. What did you think about the Chris Kreider deal? Larry Brooks reported originally they were going to trade him, and then it was like they could do everything to bring him back. And then, you know, the news breaks that he does come back and he gets that seventh year, six and a half million per. Is that a fair deal for him? Did he get the right money? Did he get the right years? What do you think of that contract? Well, it did make sense with Larry and I talking. It did make sense that the Rangers want to trade him, especially with the way they've been playing. It would have been so deflating to the team to have him trade him off. Like Larry had mentioned, it's probably the first time in the last couple of years where they didn't trade a key player. An older player, I mean, when we talk older, 28, it just made a lot of sense for them to keep him. And sure enough, they found a way, but something had to give. I love Chris Kreider. He's a power forward. He's a player that's hard to replace because the way he plays, 
and he fit in so well with Zabinajad. So I think if you're a Ranger fan, I think the Ranger staff has made the right situation happen. Now this summer, they just have to find a way to, everything has to line up financially. But Chris Kreider back on the team, I think that's it is good news. And I think that it's going to make a difference. I think because they've kept them, they've increased their chances of making the playoffs this year. And Brady Shea traded to Carolina for a first round pick. Rangers Twitter was, you know, throwing a parade and naked in the streets of Manhattan. They're all excited. Everyone's like Brady Shea's having a down year. How the hell do you get a Gordon gets a first round pick for him? And then me and you were texting. The only issue is you're trading him to Carolina and a team that you know you're fighting in the playoff race for. Yeah, you have to keep that in mind. But I think the Rangers are not just looking. They want to make the playoffs, but they're not just looking at this season. They're looking at next season. And when you think about a first-round pick, only time will tell on a first-round pick. You never know who you're going to get in the draft. But they had to make room, cap space. And so something had to give. And Brady Shea has been a good defenseman, very likable guy in the dressing room. So it was hard for them to make that decision, but something had to be done and keeping Chris Kreider and D'Angelo really important to keep him around. And so overall, I think I like the deal. And you talk about it later with Larry, but this car accident Sunday in Brooklyn, which listen, you know, I have my wrists with Brooklyn, you know, it's not the best place you want to drive. If you're in this, in this state, if you're Igor and Buchnevich and maybe because they're still on these, you know, these young contracts where they're not getting the Chris Kreider six and a half million a year, there is a thing called Uber. There is Lyft. I don't know why, you know, they're driving around. Let's hope that they were sober and everything was okay. Maybe it was just a bad driver, but you know, that's just an unfortunate accident to happen for this team with Igor just being the best goalie on the planet at this point and how he's been playing Ron. It's an unfortunate situation to happen in the midst of a playoff race. Again, the the big picture here, Ron, is you're glad that they're okay and they'll be okay and maybe Igor does come back down the stretch but now here you're you're out a couple of weeks at the very least uh with Igor with that rib injury and you, do you think Georgie and Henrik could fill the void and you know still keep this team hot here well I think the question was answered last game Georgiev came in there and played really well so and he's played well and knowing that you got Lundqvist as your backup he's always ready he always works hard and so I, I think goaltending is solid the whole thing I think for the young kids it was a learning experience you talk about uh, possibly having someone else drive you they all can afford Uber but I think it, the whole thing will be a learning experience it'll be something will be talked about in the dress room moving forward for everyone don't drive unless you absolutely have to because you just never know you could be doing all the right things you just have a bad driver out there and next thing you know you caught yourself in an accident I think we're all thankful that it's not more than a rib I think more than anything else we're probably mentally shooken up because uh they want to be part of this team they want to be out there playing they want to be part of the uh going out there and competing and trying to help this team make the playoffs so I think we're all uh overall happy that they're going to be okay hopefully Busnevis will be in the lineup tonight Igor will be there it's just a matter of time it gives an opportunity the door's open now for Georgiev to go and if anything happens, I believe Lundqvist will be ready to just be able to perform like he has in the past. And Georgie was fantastic against the uh, Islanders Tuesday, which was a good sign. For the most part, he had, he had a tough luck goal or two there, and, you know, that kind of stuff happens. But, listen, it, you know, when you suffered an injury and you were out a couple of weeks, when you were in such a nice rhythm and how good he was playing, and then this happens – is it hard to get back to that level after, you know, a couple of weeks away? Does it take an adjustment period? Well, everyone will tell you, you want to just keep rolling. Yes. And a lot of it is just a mindset. If you allow yourself to have negative thoughts, well, sure enough, those thoughts will creep in. 
But if you think positive, the one thing they say about Igor, he's so calm and relaxed. So every game to him is a game where he feels he's going to go in there and win. And he knows his job. He knows what he needs to do. There's a timing thing to it. But I don't worry about a guy that doesn't get overly stressed about himself and how he plays the game. So normally you would think, yeah, I'm on a roll. I want to keep playing. But for others, they, you know, they just put it aside. Just, hey, I'm just going to go out there, whether I played in two weeks or not. I'm going to just go out there and compete and just keep doing what I know. All right, Doogie, some big games coming up as we discuss with Montreal and a home and home with the Flyers. Instead of Ron Remembers this week from Ron Remembers from the past, it's Ron Remembers Tuesday night. You're in Viva Las Vegas over there living your best life. You know, you're playing golf with Jeremy Roenick and some, you know, Mary Lemieux and some hockey legends. And you're also out partying with Cuba Gooding Jr., What's going on? How, how is this Tuesday night with Cuba Gooding Jr.? Well, Cuba, I've known for a long time because of uh, he loves to play hockey. He loves hockey. And I started maybe 25 years ago. I got connected with the Hollywood celebrity hockey team, and that was Jerry Brookheimer. And so I would get invited every year to come to Vegas and play in the little weekend event, which was always a lot of fun, always uh, good fun on the ice and fun off the ice. So I've known Cuba forever. And Bernie Nichols, whom we talked about uh, recently, had his event here, his first annual uh, charity event. And so he's got friends in the business, Mary Lemieux and uh, Jeremy Roenick was here, got to spend some time with him. He's an interesting guy because a very outspoken guy. Hopefully we'll get him on the show one time, but also Cuba. Cuba loves to be able to uh, get on stage and play some of his songs. So I got to witness that. And also I've talked to him about there's a, a project that he's looking to do, which is a hockey movie based off truth some of the first African-Americans that played in the NHL played hockey. So he wants to be able to uh, put that book form into a movie form. So we've talked about that, and I'm going to try to help them with some funding on that. So him and I have gotten much closer after this weekend. And uh, at some time in the future, we'll get him on the show. We'll be able to chat about that. You're not a big gambler, though. So you're in Vegas, but you're not a guy that's hitting the blackjack table. I don't. I prefer, if I'm going to spend money, I'd prefer doing it on uh, other things. I hate losing. That's the thing. I hate losing, especially when it comes to money. So I've stayed away from it. The thing with athletes, we tend to be aggressive on everything we do. It's the same thing when you're playing cards. You find yourself, you go after it. You're like all in. So I've done that. I've decided that I was going to stay away from it. So coming to Vegas, there's so much to do here. A lot of great shows. The energy of this place is fun. Great golf courses. And more than anything else, I just love hanging out with the guys. Yeah, so essentially on 17, Ron, you're probably hitting, and then uh, you're going all in on that. So it's be it's better we keep you away from the blackjack table if that's the case. Friday night, we had a great event, Skate with the Greats for Ronald McDonald's charity. You talk about Cuba Gooding Jr. and celebrities. Matis Yahoo was there. A uh, You don't know him that well, but he's a Jewish rapper, reggae artist, who also happens to be a big Rangers fan. So really, Ron, you never know who you're going to run into that's a celebrity that is into hockey. And you seem at, at every point, every week of your life, I'm sure, to run into guys that end up being a fan of the team or you. Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing because a lot of musicians love hockey and a lot of them play a little bit of hockey. So they kind of would like to be us. On the flip side of that, a lot of us hockey players, athletes, would love to be a musician. Part of it is just the entertainment side of it, because I would love to be part of the Eagles, be on stage and start singing away uh, Hotel California. Uh, so we always have interesting conversation. We have mutual respect. And uh, so I always love meeting different types of celebrities who appreciates our game. 
rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers. That's just how it goes. Who wouldn't want to be with the Eagles? I'm trying to get on stage with Hall and Oates at the Garden tomorrow night. If you have any Daryl Hall or John Oates connections, uh, make sure you let me know. Let's get into the real, the real nitty gritty with Hall of Fame beat writer Larry Brooks. Rangers beat writer for the New York Post, Larry Brooks, now joins us. You can follow Larry on Twitter at nyp underscore Brooksy. Larry, it's been a fun week. Um, you know, not really knowing how things or the outcome on the uh, trade deadline with the New York Rangers, but it's been a good week. And how do you assess this? I know if you're a Ranger fan, you got to be excited for yourself as a writer and following the New York Rangers. What are your thoughts on uh, moving forward now, going into tonight, playing Montreal, only four points out. Rangers have an opportunity, a real opportunity to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, this is an unexpected gift, I think, for Ranger fans this year. It's It's been a couple of years since they played meaningful games after the trade deadline, and they're playing meaningful games now. They're, they're right there. Whether they can do it or not, we'll see. But they've gotten themselves in a position where it is all there for them. And the goaltending they're getting over the last month or six weeks gives them a chance to win every night. And, and that's what gives them their chance to make the playoffs. What can you uh, share with us on the last-minute dealings with Kreider, how that whole thing uh, came together? It was a situation. You, you know, it's such a cliche when both sides want something, they should be able to work it out. Well, for the last three or four weeks, I think it's been obvious that the Rangers wanted to keep Kreider about as badly as Kreider wanted to stay in New York. I, I think that was subject to debate for much of the season. But I think his value, Chris's value over the last month has been established to this team, not only now, but going forward. And there was a hassle about whether it would be a six-year deal or a seven-year deal. The Rangers were holding fast on six. Kreider's camp was holding fast on seven. The Rangers, ultimately, after there was a breakdown on late Sunday afternoon, I don't think either side thought they were going to get it done. They went back at it later that night and then Monday morning. And Kreider got the seven years, and the Rangers got the lower AAV, lower in context, $6.5 million a year. But they got the lower number that they could live with. Kreider got the seven years that he wanted. As, as I wrote the other day, Kreider becomes really the first core forward whom the Rangers did not move out or allow to leave when he was up for another contract. I mean, you think all of them, you know, Callahan left, Dubinsky was traded. I mean, just one, Stepan was traded one after another, and they never got to their 30s with the Rangers. But now Chris Kreider will get to his 30s with the Rangers. So what what is that telling you with the way the Rangers are thinking right now? They believe in this team, believe that they can make the playoffs, and they did not want to take a step backwards? I think it was more than just this year. I, I think it was the next three to four to five years. But I but I, I think that they legitimately feel they have a shot to make it. But it, it's not a sh- it wasn't short-term thinking. I think they look at their team and they say, all right, where, where are our strengths? A, Panarin. He's our strength. B, the fact that we can back up Panarin with Zibanejad and Kreider. I mean, you know, they, they pose a, a very tough matchup issue for every opposing coach. I mean, you either deal with Panarin with your top guys or you deal with Zibanejad and Kreider with your top guys. The Rangers have this now two-pronged attack at the top that they haven't had for a while. And Kreider brings a lot of ingredients. We, you know, we all know what they are, but I think they identified their strengths as, you know, that top six that can come at you one after the other. Then they look at their goaltending and then they look at depth on defense. And so 
I, I think they have a pretty good idea of what this team is going to look like in the next couple of years. Removing Kreider would have left a major piece. And I think that when you look at, at, at guys coming up, guys who may be available in free agency over the next year or two, there were no comparables to Chris Kreider. And so if Chris Kreider had been on a different team coming up as a free agent, the Rangers would have been one of the big bidders. So, so why not keep Chris Kreider? And that's what they did. Something had to give, especially uh, trying and considering thinking about uh, salary and being able to afford him. Brady Shea, do you think they got their um, proper value out of that trade? I think it was a tough trade for the Rangers to make. They were going to have to make money decisions going into next year. We all know that. They, they can't keep everybody. They still can't keep everybody. And I, I think the value they got back for Brady a first rounder with Carolina picking up the rest of the contract with the possibility that Carolina might miss the playoffs and this might become a relatively high pick. I just don't think the Rangers could say no to that one. I, I, I think they would have liked to have been able to keep Brady, but again, you can't keep everybody and the return back is, is significant for this team for a number of reasons. So moving forward, Brendan Smith uh, moves in in that slot and he plays really well coming back from after the trade, what do you think that means to Smith? Because he appeared possibly a little more relaxed and just knowing that he was going to play, not you know, not a situation where am I playing today or am I not? Does that help him relax and we may see the best out of Smith? <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever seen Brendan Smith relaxed, but you know, perhaps. Listen, I think Brendan Smith's uh, revival uh, over the last two years is a pretty remarkable story. You know, two years ago, he, he was sent to the minors. He, he uh, was, was out of shape all year, um, had, a, you know, had a really disappointing year, the first year of his big contract, battled his way back, kind of reinvented himself last year as a fourth-line forward. He was kind of their 13th, 12th forward, and 7th, 6th defenseman. This year, he'd been almost exclusively used as a forward at even strength while he killed penalties on defense. But listen, I, I Brendan Smith played a big time game at the Coliseum the other night. He, he always plays with a lot of heart. I'm not prepared to etch his name in granite as the sixth defenseman. I think we have to see how well he plays. I, I still think um, there's a chance that Libor Hayek might be up and might be playing. But the fact that Brendan Smith has revitalized his career um, is a testament to him and his work ethic and his commitment and all that. If he's playing with Truba, though, it's going to be a lot of even strength minutes. So I'm, you know, I, I think we need to to allow this to shake out a little bit. But certainly, Brendan Smith played a big time game at the Coliseum on Tuesday. You mentioned Truba. Uh, so did he. Do you feel like he's now feeling more comfortable in being their top defenseman, playing that role where things were different in Winnipeg? Now you're starting to see Truba possibly starting to grow into being the player that everyone is expecting him to be. I think we said, we talked about him, I think, last week, and you could mark his return to Winnipeg as a break point in his season. I, I, I think he's been more confident since he's gone back to Winnipeg. I, you know, maybe just a coincidence. This is an adjustment year for him. He talked about it before the team went back to Winnipeg. Uh, the lifestyle has changed. Learning new teammates is a change. Learning a new system is a change. And becoming, as, as you just mentioned, their matchup right defenseman. Their first pair right defenseman is a matchup. It was, it was an adjustment for him. I think it's, he's a work in progress. I do think he's been a little more comfortable the last couple of weeks. 
he's very, very close with, with Brady Shea, as, as everyone knows, I think, who follows the Rangers. So it'll be interesting to see what subtracting Brady from the Rangers does with him. But again, he reacted um, Tuesday night positively and had a big time game Tuesday. Uh, he's had a couple of his more impressive games over the last couple of weeks. And as the games get tighter, the the rink shrinks over the last six weeks of the season. If Jacob Truba can step up and be exactly what the Rangers envision him to be, then that's another check mark for the Rangers as they as they strive for the playoffs. For all Ranger fans, uh, they would love to hear if you have any more insight on Igor and Buchnevich uh, after their incident. Can you fill us in on where they're at right now? Well, Buknevich is with the team in Montreal. I'm not sure. He skated yesterday. I was not at practice yesterday. Um, he did not talk to the media afterwards. So I, I guess he's a day-to-day. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to play tonight. Uh, Shesterkin has the broken rib. Neither one of them has talked um, yet about the accident. It must have been frightening. Uh, occurrence for them. They have you know, no culpability for them. I'm, I, I know myself, I don't like driving in Brooklyn. I'm not sure why they would be driving in Brooklyn when there's, you know, Uber and Lyft and all that. But it wasn't their fault that they got into the accident. But from, from all accounts, they both were very, very fortunate to escape with the minor injuries they did. Okay, well, appreciate the wrap up. And uh, I think we're all looking forward to tonight's game against Montreal. Big four points here. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, Ronnie. I, I mean, I think every game now. And, and again, for, for a while there, you took for granted that the Rangers were going to make the playoffs. You you know, these games in, in late February and early March, people would call them big games, but you'd roll your eyes and say, yeah, big game. You know, <laughs> you know big game. The, the big games are in May. That's when the big games are. But the big games for this team are now, and they they really are. And and so the Rangers have not deviated from their plan. They've stuck to it pretty well. The, you know, the Panarin edition has been a grand slam home run. They're on track, and Ranger fans get 20 games worth of big-time playoff contention hockey here. Well, I'll be watching. Thank you. Thanks, Ronnie. Welcome back to the show. And I want to talk Ranger defense, and no better than Chris Katsopoulos, former New York Ranger, former defenseman in the NHL, played 12 years in the NHL, so he knows something about that position. Kotze, welcome. Yeah, so there's a couple things in the news this week with the New York Rangers. It's it's exciting with them uh, competing for a playoff spot, but the trade kind of came and left, and we weren't sure whether the Rangers were going to take a step forward, we're going to take a step back, who are they going to trade, but they found a way to keep Chris Kreider. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I think it was a pretty big cloud over the Ranger uh, organization as to what was going to happen. Was Were they going to sign him? Were they not going to sign him? Uh, I think Chris Kreider, in the end, proved that he wanted to be a Ranger. I mean, he, you know, he took less money, I think, than he would have probably got out in the open market. And I think he loves it in New York. And I think the signing itself relieves the Rangers of that cloud hanging over the team. And uh, they can go forward now. And I think they want him there for his leadership. So, Conte, I I know that uh, you always like to make comments on Facebook. You're on Facebook, and you're always uh, watching the games. And so what do you think, what's happened with the Ranger team that has them right now just four points out of the playoff spot? Well, I I think think the last time we talked, I told you, I think they're starting to grow before our eyes. I mean, it's been a while since they've had a one-two punch like uh, Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. And I think guys like Ryan Strom are are, are blooming as well. I mean, from being a first-round draft choice many years ago, he's starting to figure it out. And 
I think a lot of the players are, are starting to starting to grow, Dukes, and, and that's how you become a good team. I mean, they've they've won eight games on the road, and and let me tell you something, they they haven't played great in all of them, but good teams start to find a way to win, and they've done that uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I think there's a lot of youth there that still has has a lot of you know a progression to you know to go and, and get a lot better, but. Overall, I think they're buying into the system, and, and it's pretty nice when you got like a one-two punch like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad leading the way. So when you're watching the game as a defenseman, you're paying attention to the young kids. What are you seeing in the young guys like Fox, Lindgren, and, and D'Angelo? Those three, how would you assess their play? I, I think they, they played very well for the, this year for the Rangers. I think we'll start with D'Angelo. I mean, we, we got to watch him quite a bit last year, and uh, – you know, he plays with a little bit of an edge. You know, he's, he's a good skater. Uh, I think he might over overhandle a puck once in a while, but he's got it, it, good instincts offensively. And you know, you can't have all uh, stay-at-home D D on your team. You need some offense from your defense, and he's their leading scorer right now. And I think I think it, it's probably it bodes well for him. I think they're probably going to re-sign him in the summertime too. I mean, due to the fact that they got rid of Brady Shea. Uh, who, listen, was not a bad defenseman. I think he was on the up climb when they signed him to that long deal, Brady Shea. But I think guys like D'Angelo Fox and, you know, Lindgren, you got Libor Hijack, you got DeAndre Miller coming from college in a year or two, allowed the Rangers to make that move. But, you know, I, I can get to Fox, too. He's not really a rookie there, Dukes. He's a 22-year-old that, you know, that, that, that really, I think, was smart in staying in college there for an extra year or two before coming out. And if you really watch him up, he doesn't play like a rookie. I mean, he makes some really, really smart moves. Uh, very good with a puck. His head's up all the time. And some, some of the moves he makes are really slick for a guy that they consider a rookie. Uh, I'm very impressed with him. But right now, I got, I got like, a, a lot of love for a guy like Ryan. And Lindgren, though, I wish he had a little bit, a bit of Kachi size, but he certainly plays like it's the 70s and the 80s, doesn't he? He does. He plays with some bite, and that's what the Rangers need. And when you say that, you make that mention of playing with some, you know, a little feisty and passion. You got Smith that's kind of been in and out of the lineup. Now he has an opportunity to play with Shagon. What do you think is going to happen with him, with Smith? Well, I, I think that, you know, Brendan Smith, ever since he's got here, has kind of been up and down like a yo-yo. And I, I think some of it, obviously, because the coaches don't feel his plays up to snuff. But I like Brendan Smith. I think he had a great game the other night after sitting out, uh, I don't know how many games in a row he was scratched, a healthy scratch. But he came in after the trade for uh, Brady Shays, got into the lineup, and he had an excellent game the other night against the Islanders. I mean, he was probably one of the better defensemen overall. And the one thing he does have that the other guys don't have is he does have a little bit of size out there. And I think I think if he wants to stay in the lineup, he's going to have to use it a little bit more down the road here. One player that's noticeable on the ice that provides leadership, and that's Lemieux. Do you like his game? Uh, absolutely. Every team could use probably at least two or three of them. Take a look around the league right now. You need you need that physical physical presence up front. Uh, it can't all be about offense all the time. Not that Lemieux isn't capable, but I don't think he's you know, getting the ice time to really show his old offensive skills. But uh, when he's out there, he stirs it up a little bit. He keeps his team, uh, you know, like in the game, basically with his play. And uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see probably one or two more on the team, dudes. You know what I mean? Uh, those are the kind of guys that were hard to play against, especially for defensemen. Yeah. So in the news this week is um, fighting in the NHL. There's a kid, a couple of kids that fought each other. Uh, Charlotte and Hershey and one kid took it on the chin pretty good and ended up in the hospital. What are your thoughts on 
fighting in the NHL. There's a lot of discussion on whether it should still be part of the game. A lot of it is left, but do you think eliminating fighting would be a good idea? No. Flat out, no. There's too many. Well, first I'll go back to that. that you're talking about that fight in Charlotte. I watched that fight. It, you know, it was pretty devastating. But I, I don't, I don't get why they took their helmets off, dudes. I mean, if you watch the video, I'm yeah, he got rocked pretty good with that right hand. But I think most of the damage came when his head hit the ice. So I don't. I, I mean, in the fights I ever had, I, the first thing I thought of, never thought about was <laughs> taking my helmet off. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't understand that part, but getting back to, to the NHL, yeah, they've, they've tried to curb it over the years, but let, let, let's call it what it is. There's a lot of fake fighting going on out there, too. You know what I mean? A lot of face face washing, a lot of gloves, No, nothing really happening. And the fighting part that bothers me the most right now in the NHL is, is, is when a clean hit's been leveled by somebody automatically, you know, it, it, it you know, people got to jump the guy right away. I, I never understood that. I think when you go back, when you played and I played and even before us, you know, our top two players, if you went after them or top three players, you know, borderline third player, I would call. Yeah, we would we would defend them. But the rest of the guys on the roster, we'd say, you know, like, keep your head up. I remember getting clocked by Ryan Walter in Montreal one night. It didn't hurt or anything, but I had my head down. I deserved it. I didn't see any teammates come rushing in to, to help me. I didn't need it. That I, That's the part of the fighting that I can't stand in the NHL right now. I mean, Pajot... The other night, you know, jumps in because he made a, a really, I'll call it what it is, a horse pass, you know, to, to, to his teammate. And Truba was licking his chops. I mean, I would have licked my chops too when, he, when you make a bad pass like that and his head's down. You know, uh, that's the part that bothers me about fighting. Uh, you know, the guy's squaring off the heavyweights, sending a message, all that stuff. I mean, it, it, it's still part of the game, but. That other part, is, it, I think, is just really foolish. Well, I, I'm in agreement with you there, Kotsi. So I need to ask you, as a defenseman, what was your relationship w- like with the goaltender? Was there a um, feeling that, you know, I'm going to defend you at all costs and you have to have a special relationship with the goaltender? Or was he just another player to you on the ice? No, no, no. I, I you know, I played with some goaltenders. I'm not going to name names that would do some foolish stuff like go out of the net and get clocked and get hit and this stuff there. But, you know, your goal is your goal. You, you can't win hockey games without your goaltender performing well. So, he has to feel like he's protected out there. I, I defended my goaltender. You played against me, dudes. You know the way I was. I, I, I defended basically everybody when I had to. I was not one of the best fighters in the league, but I didn't turn him down. And and when it comes to goaltenders, oh, I mean, I wish I'd have played in my prime when Lundqvist was getting run over all these years. You know what I mean? I told him that at a golf tournament. I said, trust me, I, nobody would have bothered him. You know, if I if I was in a Ranger uniform <laughs> in my prime playing with Lundqvist. Uh, Goaltenders are different. You know that, dudes. They, they they listen. They don't listen. Uh, they do their own thing out there. Uh, your goaltender is the most important player on the ice as far as I'm concerned. How about your communication with a goaltender? Did you rely on them a lot? Did you have goaltenders that were really quiet and others just kind of spoke to you? Because often you'll see a, a goaltender with his defensive. Give him a pat on the back. Like, Often they'll appreciate what you're doing on the ice. Was there a certain goaltender that you really enjoyed playing with or played in front of? Yeah, I, I enjoyed playing in front of Kenny Reggett in Toronto. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he, he thought he was like a defenseman out there. He wasn't afraid of the rough stuff. And again, that, that goes back to what I was just talking about. I mean, I ended up in a second fight in my career with Bobby Poe because of Kenny Reggett after I told him to stay, stay, stay in your net because this guy will run you. And well, he didn't listen to me, but we, we, we had a good relationship. 
championship, and and, and I defended him. Uh, I didn't do very well in the fight the second time, but you know I was there to defend my goaltender. But Kenny Reagan, I had good communication. The only the only bad habit he had, dudes, was uh, he'd stop the puck behind the net, and then just when you're going to pick it up, he would nudge it another inch or two, you know, and that that always threw, threw the timing off. And so I finally told him, I said, do me a favor, just stay in the net, don't even try to stop the puck, and. He started staying in the lead. The puck got wired around nice and easy. So we're talking Rangers now with Katsopoulos, Chris Katsopoulos. Kotsi, moving forward with the Rangers, they play Montreal tonight, four points out of a playoff spot. What If, if someone was to ask you, listen, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? What would be your answer? Uh, I think they are. I think it, you know, I, I've talked with another good friend of ours, Ron Gresher, and it was just over about 10 days ago. They were 11 points out. And you look at the standings right now, they're technically uh, four, four points out, I think, out of a playoffs. But yes, they have another team to climb and all that. I understand that. But, you know, they got games in hand on Columbus, which is good. If they win those three games, they're ahead of Columbus. Uh, they're only one point or one, one game away from Carolina points wise. You know, giving up that point to the Islanders the other night was kind of, like, kind of irked me a little bit they should have won that game uh in regulation but they kind of got a little too passive but i think i think they're on the on the right roll right now dudes i mean there's 20 games left and and the way the standings are right now they got 72 points and i figure if they win like 14 games out of the 20 uh maybe 15 i think they're good uh and i think they're capable of doing that but tonight's game's a, a bit of a trap game montreal unloaded a lot of a lot of players, they've decided that you know they're they're, they're kind of in, but they're not in. So the Rangers better be ready to play tonight. You don't want you don't you don't want to cough this game up tonight after being on such a great roll. All right, you you play with uh, myself and a few other players, but number ten, I'm always paying attention. to Number ten, Panarin. You like this kid? Well, I'll tell you, uh, I had one concern when they signed him was his uh, defensive play. I really can't make a, a judgment on that, but you look at the NHL statistics right now. He's number four, five in scoring in the league, tied for number four, actually. And you know what he is, Ron? He's plus 36. That leads the top 10 in scoring in the National Hockey League. So you tell me how his defensive play has, has been. It, it obviously has been pretty good. I think he's 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 been incredible. You can't you couldn't have asked for more. And, you know, everybody talked about the money, the years. And they got what they paid for so far with, with Artemi Panarin. And uh, he's actually a, a pretty exciting guy to watch out there. He's got, he's got a big smile on his face. He's out there working hard. When he scores, he lets everybody know. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, he, he plays with a lot of passion. He's noticeable on the ice. And you can tell he's enjoying uh, wearing that Rangers jersey, playing at Madison Square Garden. He's not afraid of it. He's not nervous. He always looks very relaxed. And so he's been fun to watch. And it's been a while since we've had a player. I think the last one was probably Yager that kind of uh, was in that top 10 scoring. So it's been fun. Kotze, it's always fun talking with you. And and let's go Rangers tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be watching. No question about it. Good talking with you, Dukes. for episode 13 of Up in the Blue Seats. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, and associate producer, Sarah McCrory, for making the show happen this week. Subscribe to the show, rate us five stars, and write a nice review wherever you listen. You can also follow me on Twitter at RonDuguay10, 
Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next Thursday. Let's go Rangers.